Pinko Pete is a theonomist. <laughs> oh, that's good. Hey, Kami Harris gets lit. Gets, She's smoking weed gets again. Lit. Oh my goodness. And incompetent Inslee. We got to talk about him. Uh, oh, we're doing some Hunger Games. Yes, Hunger Games 2020. And Dr. Beisner, Calvin Beisner. Yes. Uh, prospects for growth. We have him coming up in the second segment, man. He was really, really good. Cornwall Make sure you guys stick around for that. For the stewardship of creation. Just go buy the book right now. Welcome oh, to Cross Politics. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, The Waterboy, right. on the Fight, Laugh, Peace Network. Just watch a Roddy Presbyterian. Good hey, to be here with you guys. Or you your glass yet? You order your glass it's, yet? It's oh, did, coming. Did you so, talk about the network yet? Did you say something about the network? I said Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Did you tell them all the great shows we have on the network? Man, uh, did you guys listen to the pug, the podcast this last week? If you missed the Theology oh, no. podcast, no. something's wrong with you. Yeah. Hmm. And then uh, What's uh, wrong with you, our people? boy, Eddie Robles. Eddie Robles. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's getting into the SBC fracas with and us. I love that brother. I love that brother. He'll yeah. just jump right in with us, you know? We really appreciate your yeah. support. And as always, at, while supplies last, actually... We yes. have these awesome pint glasses on their way. They're going to be laser engraved. Yes. Yep. And uh, and while supplies last, if you join, you get one of those. And it's a shipping nightmare, just so you guys know. <laughs> Don't we, say love that. It. we love <laughs> it. We love it. We love this shipping nightmare. We love I love that nightmare. Thank <laughs> yes, you, guys. Do. It's my so favorite. More club members, uh, the more nightmare it is for me. So thank you. Uh, please, bring it. <laughs> give Gabe lots of nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're also going to be at the Post-College Life Conference uh, August 16th and 17th here in Moscow. So if you're in that post-college life-ish world, buying houses, getting married, starting careers, um, a whole lineup of speakers on how to do, I mean, buying cars. Mm -hmm. How do you buy a car? We'll be doing a panel. Stuff. That's a, you just go there with your money and buy a car. More to it <laughs> and get it's ripped nice. off. Really? And get, and get into debt. Uh, who's teaching that class? I, need to, I, I don't know. Yeah, but I know. We'll find I've out. I've been doing so, it wrong. Go to Christkirk.com forward slash event. Uh, you'll be able to find all the events that we have going on. But Where's the thing? Where's the thing? Conference. You what? don't have a thing. Oh, thing? oh, Come on, oh dude. yeah, that's right. Dude, I'm, I'm a professional now. We're a professional. Who am I? Look at that. What am I doing? That's Ooh, a cool graphic. That's pretty cool. So, also, want to remind you that Classical Conversations is one of our show's sponsors. So thank we're you. Very grateful for there Classical are, Conversations. There are corporate, not just show sponsors. Uh, there are corporate year-long sponsors. Yeah. We need more of that. Need, yes, Anyways, yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate them. They believe that parents are the best teachers for their children, and it's and Classical Conversations is committed to helping families homeschool successfully through high school. Mm-hmm. The program offers community accountability, rich downloadable resources, tried and trusted learning framework with recommended assignments, trained parent tutors that model the classical approach, Mm -hmm. share the love of learning through a Christian worldview and fellowship with other families, classical conversation families thrive using these three keys to great education, classical Christian community. Check them out. Classicalconversations.com. Remember we told Maj Tori. Um, about classical conversation, Toure, because he's mm-hmm. he's looking into homeschooling his kids, yeah. right? And he was super interested about it. So you guys got to check out classical conversations because Maj might have his kids. In even, we don't know it. Even Black guns matter. Do we yeah. doing classical? Con- you guys notice that all the libertarians we had on the show have been black. That's because libertarians are black. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I don't know if you've been following the UK Brexit stuff. Boris just I got elected. It. Boris, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boris, Boris Johnson is the new Boris, prime minister of. It, Great Britain. He gets my funny bone, man. Is he like the Trump well, of Britain? His, his first, this is his first time on the floor. Uh-oh. 
trust and who can who can you who can you trust to, to run uh, the, how can I how on earth and he asks about Iran uh, Mr. Speaker uh, a gentleman uh, a right gentleman who has been paid by press TV repeatedly sides with the mullahs of Tehran rather than our friends in the United States over what is happening in the Persian Gulf how incredible that we should even think of entrusting that gentleman uh, with the stewardship of, the, of this country's security. Oh. Uh, but worse than that, by far, Mr. Speaker, this is a right honourable gentleman who is set on an economic policy together, together with the, the, the shadow Lord, the shadow chancellor who was sacked by Ken Livingston for being too left wing. <laughs> Sacked for forging a budget. He would raise uh, he would raise taxes on inheritance, Mr. Speaker. He would raise taxes on pensions. He would, I'm, I am answering. I am telling you, Mr. Order, 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 order. Mr. Lavery, you're another overexcitable denizen of the house. Calm yourself. It would be therapeutic for you to do so. There's far too much noise on both sides of the house. And I fear that the noise on the front bench is proving contagious. And I note certain backbenchers who are becoming overexcitable, and they must restrain themselves. And I know the Prime Minister will, of course, be both passionate and restrained. The Prime Minister. That is a Monty Python skit right there. This it actually is, happened? That happened. That was his first time on the it floor. It is only with great effort. That I may muster, muster my feelings. Master my feelings. Oh, Prime man. That is so well, good. I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. But I, is it wrong that I like it? I don't. I think I do. I, I, yeah, I do. I like what's going on. I you just point out everybody's business like right here. Yeah. This guy right you here. You did this. You and, did that. And I love how he's, he says right honorable gentleman right, right before right. he pokes them in the eye. <laughs> the right honorable gentleman is an idiot. <laughs> You know what, though? I think there's a form of masculinity of that that I, I'm, I am expecting boxing gloves to come out at any moment. I will say that. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, everybody at this point is restraining themselves to be men and actually have a conversation. And, Does and Monty really do Python it. even have any business anymore? No, they're out. They're done. Like, you know, there's nothing left no. for them to do. Like, no. uh, let's just show clips of, of, <laughs> of the Boris. parliament, of Boris Johnson <laughs> in parliament. Well, not to be upstaged by parliament. We have our own little setup. It is time to walk oh. away from the politics of yeah. the past. <laughs> Speaking of putting comedians totally out of business. Yeah. People are lining up for food. That's a good thing. I'm a hugger, I'm a kisser, and I'm a little bit of a snip. <laughs> Raising the minimum wage does not hurt business, it grows business. So it doesn't. Being proud of you guys. I am Spartacus. Some of this is low tech, too. Like, the minimum wage is just too low. And so-called conservative Christian senators right now in the Senate are blocking a bill to raise the minimum wage when Scripture says that whoever oppresses the poor taunts their maker. I don't know if it's a good thing for him to be quoting the Old Testament. <laughs> taunt, taunt their maker. Right. Well, twist not Scripture and be, like, be not like Satan, as Paul Washer would say. Ooh. You know what I mean? Come yeah. on now. Well, that, I mean, no, but seriously, so... So, Pete, um, we're going to talk about, we're going to quote the Bible now? Yeah. We're yeah. going to quote the Old Testament? Exactly. Now, actually, somebody needs to tell Pete that those those parts of the scriptures that talk about the poor, Oh, yeah, that that's Old Testament. Oh. Yeah, that doesn't apply anymore. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't apply anymore about, help, you know, 
oppressing the poor. You know, he's sitting on the stage with a whole bunch of socialists. I'm surprised he didn't bring up anything about stealing. Yeah. No. You know, I mean, have you thought? I mean, no. <laughs> just he's just picking. He's just but, that cherry picker. The, the, the thing that all these folks, everybody on the stage is bought into, though, is that is what is said in your, I don't know who says it in the stinger, the in the hunger minimum games. wage. The minimum wage helps businesses. No, it doesn't. Yeah. That's yeah. just a lie. It's just yeah. a straight up lie. Yeah. It costs more money. Um, Dr. Beisner is going to get into this with oh, government man. regulations. Whenever the government gets in and says you have to pay for these things, you, it you, only hurts it the poor. Only hurts the businesses, yeah. which yeah. hurts the poor and minorities. Yes, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like these people who claim to be those who the champions of the poor, the champions of of the little guy, the guy who's not spoke, and the champions voice. of yep. immigrants, the yep. champions of minorities yep. are doing the exact opposite yeah they are the ones crushing the poor that's right well we got to go on to Kami harris here because this this was the blow for the democratic debate we don't we don't oh you're getting yeah you're getting your popcorn you guys that's you guys got to get your popcorn out for this one because because if you guys didn't see the democratic debate all you need is actually to see this clip she put over 1500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana Oh, she lit. She lit. She you you, you made the connection. Have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. Oh. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. Oh. And she fought to keep cash you, bail systems slave labor that impacts poor people. And she owes them reparations. Thank you, Congresswoman uh, Senator Harris. Your response. Oh, look at look at coming, girl. Uh oh. As the elected attorney general of California, I did the work of significantly reforming the criminal justice system of a state of 40 million people, which became a national model for the work that needs to be done. And I am proud of that work. Mm. And I am proud of making a decision to not just give fancy speeches or be in a legislative body and give speeches on the floor, but actually doing the work of being in the position to use the power that I had to reform a system that is badly in need of reform. Does she answer the question? No. We created initiatives that were about reentering former offenders and getting them counseling. It is why, because I know that criminal justice system is so broken, that I am an advocate for what we need to do to not only decriminalize, but legalize marijuana in the United States. Oh, oh, Gabbard back in your response the bottom line is senator harris when you were in a position to make a difference and an impact in these people's lives you did not and worse yet in the case of those who were on death row mm. innocent people you actually blocked evidence from being revealed that would have freed them until you were forced Ooh. to do so there is no excuse for that and the people who suffered under your reign as prosecutor oh you owe them an apology your reign oh. as prosecutor oh. apology come on call me Call me. She about to give her that black girl magic. Girl, you don't know who you messing with. <laughs> I think she she probably is going to. Do you think she, she can play her black card? No, not at this point. <laughs> no, because black people are caught up. When you start making documentary films like the 13th uh-huh. and you start busting out the Clintons, uh-huh. Bill Clinton, who was like traditionally for us the first black president. Yep. And you start busting them out like this. Yep. You can't live after that. Yeah. You're done because you say that you for the people. You're going to go on the Hot 97. You're going to go to Hot 103. Yep. You're going to go all the black stations and talk about smoking weed, who yep. your favorite rappers are. And the very people who you say you kicking it with, you arresting and putting in jail up. and not letting them get off yeah, of the right. death row. That's right. No, you can't survive that with us. Uh-oh. Yep. You were part of the problem. Matter of fact, you worse than the other side. So mm. do you think Do you think she's done after this? Oh. Why is she worse us? than the other side? Well, because anybody who claims to be black 
and be for the black cause. And all of a sudden you start and come from where we come from. And then you start actually hanging your own folks. Yeah. You can get too close to us. Mm. You get stuff from us that we would never allow in if we knew you. that's where you were. Mm. And so it's worse when you have somebody in the trenches with you who says they with you, but then they don't hand you no ammo. Instead, they shoot you. Right. That's why it's worse. So the other side. The, 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 and this case would be conservatives some, or Republicans. Some conservatives or Republicans who don't, don't even pretend yeah. to, to identify with the, the black experience in, in exactly. inner city or whatever. Yep. Um, but they say, look, I'm just going to try to do justice. I'm just going to try to try to do right. This is like what we were talking about with Torrey. Right. Right. Yeah. He was saying the same thing. He's like, the conservatives don't even come over here. Yeah. But he said, but he actually yeah. said that the, the inner city is actually far more conservative by instinct. Uh, I would say that he's off about 20 years from that. I okay. think it's changed. You say it because used to be. There might, you might have been. To, yeah. You can't continue to go down this road for yeah. so long and then not lose those. Right. There are, there's a carcass. Um, popcorn's popping everywhere. Yeah. There's a carcass of what used to be kind of the old, the old tradition of conservatism okay. that was there. So there's certain things that we're still conservative about, but yeah. we lost yeah. our way. And yeah. we need to rediscover the law underneath the wood again. Yeah. Well, the thing about what she said there that was really telling, of course, is that she wants to legalize marijuana, which, okay, yeah. in principle, I don't have any problem with saying that I'm not sure that drugs should be regulated by the government. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think people should be free to do stupid things. Yeah. Yeah. But what she also is basically saying, though, is I want to hand more poison to my people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so more vice, more, more vice. Yeah, like uh-huh. I, I, I yeah. like they're, they're demanding it. Now I'm, I'm all for some, you know, prison reform. Uh, I, you know, in terms of, I, I don't think that people that are, I, I think that um, we, we don't know what justice is anymore. We've gotten so yeah. far away from the biblical standards of justice that we completely overcompensate yeah. Yeah. and uh-huh. it crushes people mm-hmm. when it ought not, but she wants to hand them even more poison. That's not going to help them. Well, ultimately, I think what they're, what they're really trying to argue is that they wouldn't get arrested for such, yeah, you know, so whatever, right. let's say right. they, let's so, say they so to in, smoke weed, it, they wouldn't be going to jail for 15 years because they had right. so instead a of, Yeah, so instead of rotting in jail, they'd mm-hmm. be rotting at home. Well, yeah, I don't think that, you know. Well, well, bottom, bottom line is they just want more control over the people. Right. Whether it's putting you in jail or it's giving you your vice of marijuana, they just right. want more control. I, and, I, and you see this in incompetent Inslee in, in what he was saying about global warming. Thank you very much. Look, we have these deadlines are set by science. Mr. Vice President, your argument is not with me, it's with science. And unfortunately, your plan is just too late. The science tells us we have to get off coal in 10 years. Your plan does not do that. We have to have off of fossil fuels in our electrical grid in 15. Your plan simply does not do that. I've heard you say that we need a realistic plan. Here's what I no, believe. I didn't say that. Here's what I believe. I believe I that survival plan. is realistic, and that's the kind of plan we need, and that's the kind I have. My plan calls for 500,000 charging stations around the country, so by 2030, we're all electric vehicles. My plan calls for being, making sure that we have $400 billion invested in technology to learn how to contain what we're doing, creating 10 million new jobs. We will double offshore wind. We will end any subsidies for coal or any other fossil fuel. But we have to also engage the world while we're doing it. We have to walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Vice President. Just Hold to it. clarify, would there be any place for fossil fuels, where including you coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those, either any fossil fuel. Oh, we, can't, we cannot you, work sir. it out. 
we cannot work this out. The time is up. Our house is on fire. We have to stop using coal in 10 years. And we need a president to do it or it won't get done. That's get off I'm coal. Save this country and the planet. That's, that's what I'm for. <laughs> it's crazy. Why are we talking that about is, this? That is crazy. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Oh, my gracious. Oh, my gracious. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, seriously, why are they talking about this subject? <clears throat> if a company decides to do something, they don't have, I mean, they're operating outside of their jurisdiction. Oh, he wants to create 500,000 um, electric. We want everybody <laughs> driving electric cars. Yep. I do By not want the federal government telling me what it is I want. I get to drive. What kind of car you should be driving, I, what kind I, of car you I should. I do yeah. not like that. It doesn't stop with right. the cars. Remember remember when this whole thing started? It's like, guys, if they continue to tax um, us this high, what was it? The when the whole Revolutionary War, right, was over this issue. T-tax. Yeah, T-tax. Mm -hmm. They'll tax your land. Now we've just accepted that one. Oh, they'll, yeah, man. They'll tax, before you know it, they'll be taxing everything. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're talking about telling us what cars we can drive. Well, we are so far. Because yeah. they've already been telling us what our kids can be learning at school. What? 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 What's the what's the difference between them telling us what our kids can learn at school in the curriculum and what car we should be driving? Chevy or Ford? Yeah, the, it, I mean, we have been we have been taking this for over a century. Yeah. Um longer really. Mm -hmm. Where the government has said, "We will tell you where to stand, where to sit, mm -hmm. what to do." And we have taken it. Yeah. We've largely taken it. And when you hear this kind of conversation, you need to be hearing them say, we will run your life. That's yeah. right. We will run your life because we know what's best for you. We will tell you what we, cakes you need to be baking. We'll tell you, we'll exactly. tell you what, what parts you need and, to be shaving for other people. And, and right? they, will do, right. yeah, they will do it with a smile on their face. Yep. They'll, they'll do it all nice and pretty. And, and meanwhile, say, hey, you can smoke pot. You can have as much porn as you want. You can That's sleep right. with whoever you want to sleep with. Yep, yep. We, um, it's a, and you might not be a man or a woman. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> right. And, but this is, it's a, we're going to buy you off. That's we're right. going to yeah. buy you with drugs and sex and yep. like just we're going to feed you. We're going to make sure you get your food. Yeah. yeah. Like good I, little slaves. Part yes. of part of what now. That's well, right. That's, though. that's bad. That's all slavery. Yeah. The problem. The things that bother me the most is that I think we're sitting here watching it like, yes, tell me what what is it that I want? Right. Yeah. We, we're, right. we're invited. We want this. Right. Yeah. We, we don't want to be free man where the struggle is there for us. Yeah. We don't want to get the blisters on our own hands. We. We want the federal government to yep. be God for us. Yeah, because it's easier. It's easy. It's easier when all your meals are paid for yeah. in Egypt. Did you bring us out here yeah. to die? Right. Right. Because God, <laughs> God, did you bring us out <laughs> here to die? Uh, yeah. Here we have to actually find our own yeah. food. We have uh -huh. to find. We have to actually trust you, Lord. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, this, I said it once before. I'll say it again. It is so much better in the desert with Jesus than yeah. it is in, in, in Egypt with that's Pharaoh. Right. Right. Uh -huh. And and yes, it's hard. Yes, things don't go perfectly, but it's that that's how God designed it, right. and you're designed to operate in that way. And it's better for you and your family. That's right. what freedom. We don't know that freedom but, looks like but, this. But this means that Christians have to say we're going to go with what the what the Bible says. Yeah. Right. So when you That's hear right. the words justice, you need to say which justice, right. what justice. You say social justice. It's a Christian thing. Okay, tell me where. Yeah. Yep. Are we going to be able to quote the Old Testament like Pinko Pete? Yeah. Right. Or not. Yep. Right. I mean, and because you have all these Christians be like, we got to care about justice. We got to care. And it's like, but where are you getting that from? And yeah. whenever you ask the government to pay for something, you're entrenching yeah. slavery deeper. Yeah. We need to get back to the law of God, yeah. right? The word of God is more free than any kind of freedom offered yeah. by the wisdom of man. Amen. Amen. Prospects for growth coming up next Speaking with Dr. Calvin freedom, Beisner. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You oh, do not this, want this to miss this hot. segment. Go, I hope yep. you bought the book already. You should have it. It's going to be good. Written 20 years ago. It's like prophetic or something. All right. More cross politics. We come back. All right, well, the rapture's not happening, 
The world is not about to come to an end. What do we do now? If everything's going to end in the next 10 years, then what you've done is you've put a set of training wheels on evangelical Christians. I'm not alone in all of this. This isn't, this isn't an individual. We're not an army of one. There's a community at large here. Jesus bought this city, my city, my nation, my state with his blood. And so I'm working towards that. Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. We are very grateful to have with us on this segment, Dr. Calvin Beisner. He's the founder and national spokesman of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation, which is a network of over 60 Christian theologians, natural scientists, economists, and other scholars educating for biblical earth stewardship, economic development for the poor, and the proclamation and defense of the good news of salvation by God's grace received through faith in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Love how that's just right yeah. there, right at the beginning. Yeah. Dr. Beisner's written 12 books, edited over 30, contributed to over 35, and published thousands of articles, popular and scholarly, has lectured at universities, seminaries, conferences, churches, all over the world, has testified as an expert witness on the ethics and econo- uh, economics of climate change and climate and energy policy before the before committees of the U.S. Senate, and the House wow. of Representatives. Wow. He's briefed the White House Council on Environmental Policy. What's wrong with them? And presented a paper to a scholarly colloquium on climate change at the Pontifical Institute for Justice and Peace at the Vatican in Rome. <laughs> in 2014, the Heritage Foundation honored Dr. Beisner with the Outstanding Spokesman for Faith, Science, and Stewardship Award at the Ninth International Conference on Climate Change. And best of all, most significant of all, he's married and has seven children and nine grandchildren wow thanks for joining us dr beisner hey it's great to be with you and gee i'm embarrassed by all that (laughs) (laughs) you know this is your greatest feat yet being on cross politics Uh, now you you can add and has been on cross politics (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we'll have to have to insert that in there okay very good we'll look we'll be looking for that hey um you wrote prospects for growth in 1990 i'm holding the book up for the uh, viewers now um, and you've been speaking about a biblical view of population and resources and environmental issues for many years now. How would you frame these issues somewhat briefly, if possible, for the working family, the, the working family that's just trying to pay their bills, put their kids through school, and they're trying to figure out whether to recycle or have more kids? I mean, how, how would you frame this? <laughs> well, first, I'd point out that recycling and having kids are not uh, exclusive choices. So yeah, you you yeah. can do both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and we did. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would start off with, uh, with basically asking, you know, what, what kind of a relationship with God do we have? Uh, do we have a relationship with God in which we really believe that, uh, that he... Uh, that he means what he says to us in his word and that he provides for us as we walk in faith and obedience uh, to his word? Um, or do we not have that kind of relationship? And the reason I, I say that is that 
uh, I think one of the key passages for uh, couples uh, in the scriptures is Psalm 127, which says that children are a gift from the Lord. Mm. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Like arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children in the days of one's youth. Mm. Happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. Uh, now, I, I have, by the way, seen uh, somewhere, somebody said that the average Hebrew quiver would hold about 60 arrows. I'm, I'm not sure that that's historically mm. accurate, but uh, you know, I, I think maybe a dozen or so would, <laughs> would be enough. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as we look at that passage, Unfortunately, in the day of fears of population growth, in the day when so many people have come to think of added uh, added people in this world as essentially mouths that consume and nothing more than that, uh, as burdens on the earth, as, as consumers of resources, we're tempted to revise what that says and say, instead of children are a gift from the Lord, uh, children are uh, punishment from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Not the fruit of the womb is his reward, but the fruit of the womb is his burden. Mm. Uh, yeah. And and like like uh, I guess like um, you know uh, ball and chain in the hand of a mighty man. <laughs> happy is the man who has none. Uh, you know, we, we just recently had Prince Harry tell the uh, conference of climate elites from around the world in Sicily, Italy, uh, that he and Megan, his wife, are going to stop at a maximum of two because to have more than that is to put too much burden on the earth, to contribute too much to global warming. And I just think that's very sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, one final part of an answer to what you just asked is that during the first uh, eight years of our marriage, um, well, for the first two years, I had a, a regular job with a decent salary, but the next six years, I earned my living entirely freelance, editing, writing, occasionally speaking here and there. And in that time, my income never topped 70% of what the federal government defined as poverty at that time mm-hmm. for a family of our size. Mm. We went from one child to five children during that time. And every single time we added a child, my income rose. And mm. usually I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> like I, couldn't, you know, I hadn't done anything to make it do that. Yeah. And our attitude was simply, we will welcome whatever children the Lord gives us. And we will trust that the Lord will provide. And he always did. We never missed a meal. We never went naked. Uh, we also never uh, either applied for or would have accepted any kind of government handout mm-hmm. during those years. But mm-hmm. God took care of us. And I believe that if we will live uh, with a, a cheerful, expectant attitude of, yes, Lord, Children really are your gift. They are your reward to right. us. Amen. And I will be happy to have my quiver full of them. Then I think that the Lord will indeed bless that. So mm-hmm. that's so, good. Hey, yeah, so that's did, good. Did you uh, allergies in here? Did you watch the Democratic debate on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday? Uh, I have typically had better uses. Than <laughs> All right. So uh, well, then let Get me give ready. you a quote from there. He's going to uh, catch Governor, up a little Governor bit. Governor Inslee attacks Joe Biden 
you know, His every, energy everyone, plan. everyone has an eschatology. Right. And, <laughs> and Governor Inslee's eschatology thinks that we're, we're kind of, you know, doomsday uh, period right now. And he says, he said to Biden, he said, we have 10 years to get off coal and 15 years to get off fossil fuels to save the planet. Um, it, you know, yeah. is that eschatology true? Well, um, if that is true, then the planet is most certainly doomed because we <laughs> will not get off of fossil fuels in 15 years. It is simply not possible. Anybody who knows the least bit about the history of energy technologies in this world knows that it takes a very long time to change around the whole infrastructure of how we provide energy. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, one of the first things to note is you're not going to fly any aircraft <laughs> if we're not using fossil fuels. Yeah. Uh, batteries to provide that much power are simply so heavy that the plane could never lift them. Uh, so that's not going to happen. We're all going to have to stop flying. Uh, there will be no more FedEx, yeah. uh, except Whoa. FedEx ground, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, if we were to electrify all the vehicles in the world, we would need many times more electricity than we have right now. And that cannot be provided by non-fossil fuel sources <laughs> other than perhaps nuclear, which of course the greenies don't like anyway. Uh, and I mean, the whole thing is just simply, uh, you know, dreaming. It's dreaming. Yeah. There is nothing realistic about it whatsoever. So are they even, are they even right that it's a problem in the first place? Well, that, what is a problem? That fossil fuels and coal is a problem, environmental problem. Well, um, <laughs> there are some problems connected with fossil fuels. See, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid the kind of blanket language that says it's a problem. Mm. Well, okay, there are some problems related to burning coal, for example. There is sulfur dioxide that comes out from that. There is mercury that comes out from that. There is uh, soot that comes out from that. Now, we have the technology to put scrubbers on the smokestacks <laughs> that turn them into no longer even being smokestacks because there's no smoke coming out of them. Oh, wow. There is no mercury coming out. There is no sulfur dioxide coming out. There is no soot coming out. Uh, when you see photographs of billowing clouds over coal-fired power plants, what those clouds are is nothing but water vapor from the, uh, the uh, uh, cooling systems of these plants. It's just simply water vapor. Well, water vapor is pretty good stuff. Yeah. Right? That comes down in the form of rain, you know, and it yeah. helps plants grow. Right? <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem to be toxic to anybody. Right. Um, so there are, there are real problems that can be connected with any of the fossil fuels. All of those real problems, we have the technology to abate to the point where they are not a significant risk. Hmm. That technology, is, you know, it, it's more expensive to use that technology than not to use it. And that's why in very poor countries, your initial use of fossil fuels tends to be pretty filthy. Yeah. But the benefits of the power that comes from using those fossil fuels so far outweigh the risks from the pollution from them that during the same time that you see the pollution rising, 
you also see human health and longevity rising. Right. That is, people mm. live longer. Right. Uh, and what that tells you is that the overall effect is a benefit to human life. But then, as they reach various different levels of economic production, uh, these people choose to clean up their skies, mm-hmm. to clean up their waters. Uh, it's a concept called the environmental Kuznets curve or the environmental transition. Mm-hmm. And it basically means this. In early industrialization, pollution rises, but the benefits of the industrialization outweigh the pollution, uh, outweigh the risks of the pollution. And that's why life expectancy increases during that time. And then at various levels of economic growth, uh, people begin to abate the pollution. You get a peak in each different pollutant, and then it falls. And before long, it's actually down below what it was before the wow. industrialization. Mm. So it's got a natural so fix in the system. Yeah. Now, uh, well, I wouldn't say it's natural. It takes human action. Mm. Uh, it takes human choice. And that happens better in some circumstances than in others. Uh, in socialist countries, where you have unresponsive governments and no private property or yep. little private property, mm-hmm. well, you don't have an awful lot of incentive to abate pollution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, good luck to you complaining to the government <laughs> in the former Soviet Union about bad pollution. Good luck to you complaining, uh, uh, complaining to the government today in China yeah. about all the air pollution in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, the problem that uh, Biden and all of these other Democratic presidential hopefuls have with fossil fuels really doesn't have to do with those real risks. Instead, it has to do with the notion that our burning fossil fuels is putting so much carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, and carbon dioxide absorbs so much heat bouncing from the surface of the Earth back out towards space and sends so much of that heat back down to the surface of the Earth that we're going to have catastrophically rapid and high-magnitude global warming, and we're all going to (laughs) fry. That's what they're worried about. Okay, I mean, you know, what, uh, 20 some years ago, 25 years ago, thereabouts, Time magazine had a cover of <laughs> the uh, the earth as a fried egg in a frying yeah. pan, yeah. Oh, wow. the yeah. you know, great risks of global warming. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the, the typical way that so many of the alarmists will talk on this is to say, look, if you deny this, you're a science denier because yeah. it's basic physics That's right. that tells us that CO2 is an infrared absorbing gas and that therefore it will absorb and retransmit heat bouncing from the surface of the Earth out towards space and the Earth will be warmer than it otherwise would be. And if you're so stupid as not to understand that, you're a science denier, you're a climate denier, you're just as bad as a Holocaust design denier. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's okay. right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me tell you something else that basic physics tells us. If you drop a rock and a feather at the same moment from the same height, they will hit the ground at the same moment. Unless they're in air. Right. In which case, the rock plummets and the feather kind of wafts back and forth, and eventually it'll get to the, to the ground. Yes. Unless it's windy, in which case the feather might blow up into a tree and get stuck and never come down. Yes. Until the tree comes down. Right. right? The, the lesson of that is that reality is a whole lot more complicated than basic physics. Mm. That's good. And so 
I'm perfectly happy to acknowledge that CO2 added to the atmosphere will make it a little warmer than it otherwise would be, all other things being equal. Mm. But all other things are not equal. Yeah. Mm. And there is a climate system that is probably the most complicated natural system we've ever studied with the exception of DNA and the human brain. Yeah. Oh, wow. And there are thousands of feedback factors in that climate system. <laughs> we only understand a handful of them. There are many of them that we don't even know whether they're positive or negative feedback mechanisms. That mm. is, we don't know whether they would increase a little initial warming right. or decrease a little additional warming. Right. Uh, there, we don't know the strength of many of them. And so it takes careful empirical observation to answer the question, how much warming comes from adding CO2 to the, atm- CO2 to the atmosphere? Right. And the empirical answer to that is turning out to be very little. (laughs) Possibly even so little that we can't detect it, although I'm not going to argue about that. Uh, But but it's it's pretty clear. And the, the, the reason it's clear is that the computer models that are the ground of all the predictions of dangerous warming Mm -hmm. all simulate twice or more the warming actually observed over the last 40 years yeah. since we got the best way of observing it, which is satellite global temperature measurements. Hmm. Uh, and, and they assume that all of that warming comes only from CO2. Right. But right. we know from time of history that some of it could very easily come from natural causes other than CO2 and possibly even most of it. I saw it. So we know that the models are wrong. If they're wrong, they provide no rational basis for any predictions about future temperature and therefore no rational basis for any policy to deal with it. Do they have no answers? I saw pictures uh, recently where they were taking down signs that were in Glacier National Park in Montana where they had posted, oh, yeah. posted signs saying that these glaciers would be gone by 2020. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're, they're still hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> Steel glaciers. Well, I suppose if they took a bunch of flame flamethrowers up there and got <laughs> working real hard with them, they, yeah, they might be able to hit two twenty. So, Doctor Beisner, um, connect the dots here uh, on this. The the left Trump uh, are trumpeting uh, batteries and wind turbines and and all that. But you know, I mean, the, you know, basic principle: every action there's a reaction. Um, the mm-hmm. environmental uh, uh, hazard or effects that it does to create a battery is actually pretty catastrophic the stripping of mineral mines uh, the the recycling of those batteries same thing for uh wind turbines and so forth but but no one talks about that yeah well actually some people do a few years ago i think it was about five or six years ago something like that maybe even a little bit longer uh a team of, of uh, researchers from a university in Scandinavia, I'm not sure whether it was Sweden or Norway, uh, decided to do a life cycle assessment on the environmental impact of a Hummer and a Prius. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, they started out assuming this was going to show what a great benefit the Prius was to the environment. Right. Uh, instead, they discovered that because of all the problems with the uh, precious uh, metals with the, the rare earth metals uh, that had to be mined and uh, had all sorts of toxic properties and all the difficulties in disposing of the spent batteries used in the Prius, 
uh, turns out you're environmentally more friendly driving a Hummer than a Prius. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know, oh, that's, that's, that's crazy. That, I, I, I want to see that paperwork. I want receipts. Um, so I, <laughs> but here's a question I have. I, I was hearing you talking to, um, I can't remember where it was, but you talked about the fact I, right now it's, it's no doubt the liberals are catering to the fact that they care more for the poor than anybody else. The immigrants. The, the immigrants. And, and, you were saying in another talk that actually the legislation that they put forward trying to be eco-friendly hurts more of the poor in the world than it does help. Could you explain how that happens? Oh, absolutely. Um, there are a couple of reasons why that's so. I'll go over the first one very quickly. Um, and it is that uh, in order to implement the various different policies that these folks want to use to fight global warming, you have to have greatly increased government control over pretty much every aspect of people's lives because mm. you have to have government control over all of the different energy sources and systems that mm. we use. And energy goes into everything that we do. Right. I mean, literally, truly, right. everything that we do takes energy. So the more government is going to control energy, the more government is going to control you. Well, what we know from history is that those economic systems that give people the greatest freedom, the most uh, the most uh, private property rights, the rights to entrepreneurship, free trade, limited government, the rule of law, those economic systems consistently create more wealth and get it into the hands of more people. They do a better job of lifting and keeping whole societies uh, societies out of poverty than do. Uh, societies yeah. where mm. That's the <laughs> you play. don't have those things. Right. That's the socialism so, uh, play. So there's a, there's that problem. Right. Now the other side of the problem is this: that what these folks want to do is substitute much more expensive, diffuse, unreliable energy sources—wind and solar and geothermal and uh, uh, biofuels, things like that for fossil fuels. Well, those, those sources of energy are more expensive, and since energy goes into everything we do, that means the price of everything we do goes up. Right. Yep. Well, whom does that hurt the most? The, the poor. wealthy or the poor? Right. Yep. It hurts the poor the most, and that's exactly what uh, Europe has discovered. Great Britain, for instance, uh, from about 2000, uh, I'm not positive of the years here, it's been a while since I've, I've mentioned this, around 2006 to 2012 or so, the uh, average number of premature excess winter deaths in Great Britain more than doubled hmm. because electricity prices more than doubled. Actually, they almost tripled over that period. Wow. Uh, and so lots of people, especially the elder, uh, elderly on fixed income, could not afford both to heat their homes adequately to protect them against severe cold and to have enough food to eat. Wow. They chose to eat, so they froze. Oh. Wow. So, uh, and similar things happened in Germany. So the poor suffer as energy prices rise. But there's another reason, too, why getting away from fossil fuels hurts the poor. 
And that is that the very CO2 that these folks blame for supposedly catastrophic global warming and that actually has a much smaller warming effect, right? Right. That very CO2 also makes all the plants in the world grow better. <laughs> for every doubling of CO2 concentration in the atmosphere, you get an average 35% increase in plant growth efficiency. Wow. Plants grow better in warmer and cooler temperatures and in wetter and drier soils. They right. make better use of soil nutrients. They resist diseases and pests better. Therefore, they increase their ranges uh, into hotter and colder areas, into higher and lower altitudes, into wetter and drier areas. They also improve their fruit-to-fiber ratio, which means that crop yields go up and what this means is more food for everything that eats plants mm. and everything that eats something that eats plants. Yes. yes. And who are the Which ones who benefit from that more <laughs> than anybody else? Us. <laughs> the poor. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. If, we, if we artificially limit our CO2 emissions, we are limiting mm. its, its impact on agricultural yields. A study done back in 2012 that surveyed hundreds of papers on the agricultural impact of rising CO2 concentration in the atmosphere concluded that from 1960 to 2012, the CO2 that we had added to the atmosphere by burning fossil fuels had, all by itself, added $3.2 trillion worth of food to the world's harvest. <laughs> Wow. And it, it projected that as CO2 continued to rise from 2012 to 2050, the way the, the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change predicts that it will continue to rise, <laughs> it would add another $9.8 trillion worth of food to the world's harvest. That's unbelievable. Uh, if we cut back on CO2, we reduce that benefit and the poor suffer more than anybody else. What? So what, why, <laughs> why, why is it that the, the liberal mach, like, machine is winning this argument has, <laughs> yeah. has all of the, has the microphone hot in front of them? Why, why is it that it's exactly the opposite? I mean, they're, they're claiming things that are, you're saying it's the facts are actually just the opposite. Why, why have Christians been so susceptible to this, um, to this propaganda and why are we losing? Well, first, I, I heard a, a bear mention in there that the liberals are winning this argument. You can't win an argument if you don't argue, right? Right. And the fact is that uh, we have been, for example, since 2014, we have repeatedly challenged uh, Dr. Catherine Hayhoe, who is an evangelical climate scientist who teaches at Texas Texas Tech. I'm sorry, and who has become the darling of the of the yeah. You should be sorry. <laughs> uh, she, she's become the darling of the liberal media because she is this man by bites dog story of this oh. evangelical woman who is a climate alarmist. Oh right? man. Uh, well, since 2004, we have repeatedly challenged her to debate this issue with one of the climate scientists associated with the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. Right. She has never even responded to the challenge. Yeah. The alarmists in this stuff refuse to go onto a debate stage with the skeptics, the critics, I think because they know 
they will lose the debate. Yeah. Back I read I read the pros and cons on this all the time. I've been doing it for 20-some years. I've read over 50 books and thousands of articles on the science of climate change. Uh, you know, I, the arguments are just simply better for the skeptics' side. But then the question has to be, okay, so why is it then that the media, the political class, the glitterati out of Hollywood and so on. Uh, why are they all into this? Yeah. And there are a number of different reasons. One of them is pointed out by Ben Wattenberg in his book, The Good News Is, The Bad News Is Wrong. Uh, that came out about 30 years ago or thereabouts. Uh, mm. Sometime when you guys, I guess, were all too young to. Uh, <laughs> you noticed. Uh, I wasn't. I'm getting to be long in the tooth, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wattenberg was a, an outstanding journalist and scholar simultaneously, and he just he, he pointed out that an old an old saying of journalists is, "Bad news is good news. Good news is no news." Hmm. Now, why is that? Well, it's because for some strange psychological reason, human beings seem to be far more interested in in right. news about crises than they are news about good things. So if you put a wonderful, pleasant story about some neat thing that happens on the front page, people don't care. They won't read it. But you put bad news on the front page, people read it. Well, you have to have eyes on your newspaper or you have to have eyes and ears on your TV news broadcast if you're going to sell advertising. Right. Mm -hmm. And advertising is what pays your budget. So how do you get advertising, you get eyes. How do you get eyes? You tell bad news. Right. So that's a, a major part of the deal. I mean, you know, good news is no news. Right. Uh, another, another major part of the, new, uh, of, the, of the deal is this. Proverbs uh, tells us in Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom personified speaks, saying, all they that hate me love death. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there are an awful lot of people in this world who hate wisdom, especially when we realize that wisdom there is personified as the logos of God, mm-hmm. Jesus. Right. And so there are a lot of people who just simply uh, love death, and there are all these different uh, fear stories, scare stories mm-hmm. uh, about death that people jump onto. And then, of course, there's the fact that you know if we can cons- if we can uh, persuade the public that catastrophe is around the corner unless the government does something, then the public will tell the government to do something. That's right. And that's that's what people in government really want. That's exactly Uh, The the, the Green Parties around the world largely were founded by ex-communists and socialists who in the 60s and 70s started to realize, you know what? We lost the contest as to which system creates more wealth and gets it into more hands. So in order to get people to embrace socialism, we're going to have to quit quit saying that we will take better care of the world's poor, and we're going to have to say instead that we will take better care of the world, of the environment. Oh. So are wrong about that, and, and uh, yes. the, the track record in socialist countries is horrendous. And I discussed that in a little booklet that I wrote called Is Capitalism Bad for the Environment? which people can get from the Cornwall Alliance. Just come to our uh, website, cornwallalliance.org. Go to our online shop and order 
is capitalism bad for the environment? Wow, that just like underlines the fact that the gospel is so needed even here. Yeah, that right. our our love of wisdom begins by knowing Jesus. Absolutely, uh, our, absolutely. And now, and and knowing Jesus means that we are not afraid of death. Yeah, uh, we're not. We're not. We don't live by fear anymore. And we now have right. the, the gifts and the tools by the gift of His Spirit and by His Word to take responsibility for ourselves. And we don't. We don't need to look to the government to save us from these things because. Jesus saves. Amen. We have to have yep. you come back on, Amen. Dr. Beisner. This is this is great. I still have like seven questions to ask you. That was good. <laughs> but that was so good. Growth by Dr. Well, my Calvin answers Be- were too long. <laughs> well, no, no, they were excellent, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they were really good. Do it again. Yeah. yeah. Prospects for growth by Dr. Calvin Beisner. Pick it up right now. What you want? More cross politics. Yeah. And Next. by the way, by the way, anybody who makes a gift of any size to the Cornwall Alliance and asks. For prospects for growth, we'll send them a copy for free. Hey. Go to CornwallAlliance.org, click on the donate button, take a gift of any size, and ask for it. We'll send it. That's, That's what you can great. do during the break. Worship is not our idea of trying to please um, a, a benevolent being. Uh, worship ultimately is something that God Himself demands of His creatures. Join us this January as we will enjoy fellowship, spiritual growth, and the worship of God at the 2020 G3 Conference. For information and reservations, visit g3conference.com. Oh boy. Some more popcorn. Thank you, Gabe, once again for not yelling. I appreciate it. I got to keep it on your toes. You know, I can't do it every time. I walk in here on my toes. <laughs> I chew gum and walk at the same time. <laughs> you and Joe exactly, Biden. Is that exactly what Biden wants you to yep, do? Yep, that's right. Uh, welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank how about, you for joining us. How about Dr. Cal? Mm, Dr. Cal Beisner. Go Dr. get his book. Yeah. Prospects wow. for Growth. Wow. Man, we could have just kept going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Seriously, Absolutely. I mean, that was just cranking, and he was just like shoveling information. Yeah. He's like, everything you heard is wrong. And everything I got out of that was go buy a Hummer. <laughs> it's yep. good for the environment. That's right. That's right. I'm just going to go buy a Hummer, and I'm going to turn it on, and I'm just going to run it in my driveway. You know, and, and honestly, I know you're joking, but that's exactly, I just would say it a little different, but that's exactly, love God. And, and do buy, what you like. And, and buy, buy a Hummer. Hummer. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, there's a T-shirt. We gotta love God. Buy a Hummer. Man, it's the, good for yeah. the environment and yeah. have babies, the right? Guilt yeah. manipulation. Go that baptize them. Us. Come on yeah. now. <laughs> what should we do with our babies? Go baptize your kids if you have children. Oh. I have to do it because right, you don't have. I'm the... not plugged up. Our tech is growing. Come on. Our tech is growing. Come on. Hey, y'all. Um, this is the beginning of a new school year, and some of you are seniors or you have kids going into their senior year, and we just want to mention and remind you. The best classical Christian college in the world is here is in New St. Andrews College. Oh, here in Moscow. Amen. New St. Andrews' mission is to raise up godly men and women to be cultural leaders in our society. And Cross Politics is a huge supporter of this college. We hope you consider New St. Andrews College as you're thinking about it. They have prospective student weekends coming up this fall. Mm-hmm. Check it out, nsa.edu. And I'm, I'm just going to drop this little teaser here. Um, yeah. We're actually cross politic as the Lord grows us and as we get more club members on and supporting Uh-oh. what we're doing. 
we, we eventually actually want to create a Fight, Laugh, Feast scholarship for someone who wants oh, he just to go went to the it. I, just went and said it. Just we're like working that. on it. I want to go. Absolutely. You'll be the first one. <laughs> you can apply. Actually, so, you, you can apply, and then we together will decide. Kind of like the Missouri Presbytery report. That's a lot of whiteness right there. <laughs> we will decide. That's a lot of yeah. We will decide if we want to award it to ourselves or not. Okay. Oh, man. I, I, for, I forgot to do that. There oh, we go. Andrews. He's learning. I'm learning. <laughs> I, I, I saw. Us. I saw. If you just listen to the podcast right now, you don't know what just happened. Gabe forgot to turn the screen. He just realized to do so right after we finished the yeah, ad. Yeah, right. yeah, we got to yeah, fill you in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and and so we're also we're gonna bring up a clip uh, from Matthew Hall, who's provost of Southern Seminary. And for all those people out there who those average folks who have no idea what provost means, yeah. Pastor, go ahead and tell everybody what provost <laughs> means for those average folks. It's, they don't know. It's, it's just. Oh, well, let me get my pen ready. It's. it's <laughs> Pro. He asked me this before the sh- like before we started recording. Like, what's a pro? Okay, hold that. Save that. It's it's just an, an administrative officer. I mean, I know that. I'm just making sure everybody else out yeah. there know that. It's like a it's like an academic administrative what they do. officer. Um, they run stuff. Yeah. Oh, right. kind of important. All right, Admin. I'm, I'm bored. Admin. I'm bored of this conversation. I'm just so, trying to figure out what he do. What's uh, this guy's name? But Matthew Hall, Provost Matthew Hall, and and here's another reason why you need to send your kids to New St. Andrews. <laughs> I have a pretty historic and I think Pauline or biblical view of, of the power of sin. Mm. The problem is a lot worse than we think. Mm. Um, what I mean by that is both individually, like I am a racist. Mm. <laughs> okay, so if that freaks you out, if, if you think the worst thing somebody can call you is a racist, then you're not thinking biblically. Because mm. guess what? I, I, I am, I'm going to struggle with racism and white supremacy until the day I die and get my glorified body mm. in, a re, in a completely renewed and sanctified mind. Wow. Um, because I'm immersed in a culture where I, I benefit from racism all mm. the time. So I, I <laughs> tweeted this clip out. Okay. And in, in my tweet, I actually grabbed Al Mohler, SBTS, uh, Matthew Hall, and I said, um, if, if you're confessing this sin, if this is true— then you should step down from any ministry in, in your church. And and then what happened? And and then they scrubbed the video. They deleted the video from my tweet. Um, Twitter? Oh, oh, oh no! They, so they, they they scrubbed it. For, where did you get this video? Where was from the, Twitter? So the handle that I, I retweeted the yeah. video from, mm. uh, um, I think straight from the podcast where this is on, and they deleted the video. They deleted the tweet. Um, whoever, whoever, I can't so remember where, who I So wherever was hosting yeah, this wh- video yep. decided, Twitter. decided it yep. was not helpful. So yep. provosts typically aren't racist. <laughs> Am I going to understand? Because I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what a provost is. But typically provost doesn't equal racist though, right? Is that the yeah, same thing? Yeah, he, okay. yeah, yeah. No, he was, he was pre- I just pulled it up. He he's previously was dean of Boyce College. Yep. Another which is, reason to go to New St. Andrews. Boyce College, yeah. So in 2016. Huh. And now he's um, senior vice president of academic strategy. I guess he was previously that. A Southern Seminary, um, and now he's um, he's yeah, at Southern Seminary. Provost I, I, and yeah. oh yeah, he's senior vice president for academic administration. I wonder if he would come on the show since he's doing podcast. I wonder if he would come on the show because yeah, I'd like to know exactly what he means by that because well, it sounds like an identity thing. The same thing yeah. I hear happening inside of the the, the the Presbyterian world right now yeah. with, with the Greg gay. Johnson and I, yeah, gay great. stuff. That's I'm exactly. going to be gay for so, the rest of my life. I think I'll he's a racist, but he doesn't participate in his racism. Right, he's trying hard not to be, <laughs> but he's going to be a racist till the day he dies. Uh. And he's, he's and he's a white supremacist, huh? Because he benefits from white supremacy and Question. and and racism. Question. Uh, um, uh, 
black guy uh, in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone. Black guy in the front. Um, if if I'm a black person or a person of color who decides to go to this seminary, mm-hmm. how do I know when he's operating or not operating off of his racism? Yeah, you don't know. When he grades your papers. <laughs> That's the last place. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Right, right, I'm just, though? I'm trying to figure out for a second. Yeah. I, I want to, I mean, first of all, I guess I shouldn't even take this seriously. No. Oh, I mean, no way. I, I mean, I, no way. But honestly, I just want to say, then he's not doing himself any good well, it, to still be in position of power if he's struggling like this. Right. And, 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 and what he well, said at the beginning was that he's a traditional biblical Pauline <laughs> take on sin. I mean, no, you, no you're muddled. Yeah, this is right. this is yeah. muddled. Yeah. This is confusing. And now th- there's there is a distinction in traditional theology between the reign of sin and remaining sin. Sure. Mm-hmm. We 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 brought this up with Greg Johnson when we were talking about all the the, the original sin and all stuff, that. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but the reign of sin is broken. If you become a Christian, yes, the reign of sin is broken. The citadel of Satan falls. The, right. the and Jesus comes in and is enthroned in your life and yeah. in your heart. And he begins driving out all the darkness. Yeah. Now, is there remaining sin in your members? Yes. That's what Paul then deals with in Colossians 3. He says, therefore, because you're in Christ, put to death Kill it. the right. deeds of the body that remain I, in I, your And flesh. I want to add one thing here, too. If there's Also, if there's significant remaining sin in your members, then you shouldn't be in leadership. Amen. Yeah, I think right? that's what he's saying he's trying to do, though. He's like, well, and I'm, I'm struggling with this for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. But, boy, but, I just... But, but you can't say, I'm an adulterer. Yeah. I'm a fornicator. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be I'm a fornicator sh- for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not gonna participate in this. It, is, but it, I'm a fornicator because sin goes down yeah. deep. Well, but, that's not helpful. But we've been desensitized. Mm-hmm. And we've been jammed. This is what Bodie was talking about, <laughs> yeah. and when we had him playing the last show, that's this right. kind of language can fly because we've been desensitized no, right. on these other topics in such a way that now the homosexual stuff, yeah. now the uh, racist racial stuff. It's desensitizing us, so this kind of conversation allows sin to remain with us. Like, And the same thing goes with the abuse stuff absolutely. and the women's stuff. Because yeah. when you say, I'm just a misogynist, I, you know, I'm part of a patriarchal society. We've always mistreated women. We haven't honored women. We've yeah. abused women. Yeah. And and the whole the play that's being run is that if this is the case, um, then um, we need to have structures in place because it goes back that's to your right. point. That's right. Your point was, how do I know when he's being racist or not with me if I go to Southern Seminary? Right. And he you, grades your paper. You don't, and so we need more regulation. Yeah. We need more structures in place, more yeah. government in place. That's right. Whether it's the civil government right. or the seminary government or the denominational government, but there's got to be more structures in place. Over yeah. who? Over so, everybody. Over the church, this, especially. This, especially. Dr. Beisner's point is you got to create the bad news. Right. And you govern but, off the bad news. And, but then, and the right? point is, is though, yeah, and what we do, though, is that, and then when we see how bad the bad news is, rather than turning to Christ, yep. who sets us free yep. and gives us the grace of new obedience because we are new creations in Christ right. and the power to repent of our sins mm-hmm. and yeah. really walk in new obedience and newness of life, yeah, yeah. rather than that, we look to man-made solutions. That's right. Regulations. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's regulations at the seminary level, yeah. it's regulations at the state level, it's regulations at the federal level, right. but we're trying to find a savior. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing that we want to we want to line out is that um so we've we've gotten into the PCA business because uh, Revoice, Greg Johnson, we think there's a fire over there. We yeah. see we yeah. see smoke yeah. and all that. Yeah. And we're starting to see a big fire in the SBC. Yeah. Well, we've we're, been we're, seeing this for a while. We've seen it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, it's become it, it should be more obvious than ever. That the SBC well, has a problem. Well, according right? to Danny Aiken and Al Mohler, there's no drift. 
I think there's an article that came out. There's no drift in the SBC. There's no case, drift. So, so you're tripping. Yeah. Well, but but um, I actually I want you to tee up this next clip with Rachel Denhollander and Matt Chandler because you were at SBC. I was you at saw SBC, this. I was SBC twenty. So I saw this clip with Rachel Denhollander basically saying uh, right. So this is interesting. Okay. So there's more to this story, by the way. It's coming up. But um, right at the beginning of the SBC, they dropped an article. I think in New York Times was it that dropped the article okay. about the sexual abuse stuff that's happened in Matt Chandler's church. Yep. Village Church. In, the, in Village Church yep. in Texas. Uh-huh. And, and so it had dropped the same day, I believe, that this whole event went on. Okay. And so this evening. Timing. Yeah. Um, I mean, talk about a play right. being run. And yeah, so this yeah. evening, Rachel Denhollander then is commenting on that whole clip and saying, you know, Matt Chandler did a, it starts off this is a longer clip, but Matt Chandler did a great job reporting it. Mm-hmm. But then he goes and he has a critical error. And then she talks about Matt Chandler's critical error. Mm-hmm. Well, the very next day, Matt Chandler must have been on sabbatical. He must have gotten news about this. I don't think he was intended to be there. I'm not quite sure. I don't think he was intended to be there because he's on sabbatical. You don't take yeah. sabbatical during mm-hmm. that event and then break it for no reason. Yeah. Right. Break sabbatical, comes in on. I don't go to SBC on my sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, he comes in like the next he, he day comes after dinner. The very Denmark. next yep. day, he yep. calls up B21, which is Baptist 21 Press. Uh, they do their own connecting pastors and social media and stuff like that. They got a platform. They got their platform. And he has, he basically gets on B21 and explains his side yeah. of what happened. And boy, when you see this, you're going to see an interesting contrast to what's going on. And their critical mistake was that then when they announced to the church what had happened, they did not identify the abuser. The detective asked us not to mention his name for fear that it might obstruct the investigation. They did not identify uh, the exact type of crime that had occurred. We call a meeting with all the parents um, that that we knew and could find that had a child at that camp and then had Detective uh, Hernandez come and actually be in the meeting with the parents because we were being told there's certain things you can say, certain things you can't say. Um, And so we just didn't want to look shady at all. And, And so we actually let the parents ask Detective Hernandez, anything they wanted to ask. And they stated that the person had no access to children in the village church without informing the congregation that they had been on staff and did have access up to that point uh, to children in the church. Like we were the ones that put on the front page of our website, told our people, uh, put on our social media outlets, it's a former staff member of ours, God help us. And the reason that that is such a critical mistake is because they instigated a police investigation that then no one in their congregation who might hold a piece of that puzzle uh, could participate in. It had the people that can kind of look at it in retrospect and say you should have uh, released the name. Like, I would be, the, the New York Times article would have looked very different. It would have been how we actually obstructed the investigation mm-hmm. because we released the name. They created a situation where no one, uh, no parents who might have children who were victimized uh, could check with their children. So the police investigation that they started was good, but they did not create a scenario where their church could actually actively be involved in the police investigation and a real investigation could occur. We were the ones that put on the front page of our website, told our people, uh, put on our social media outlets, it's a former staff member of ours, God help us. Uh, And part of the reason that that took place is because they followed a model that was more institution protected than victim oriented. But when it comes to reporting as soon as we heard, taking our cues from the detective and the family, um, I'm not sure what we could have done different. This, this to me is atrocious because, you know, our boys over at the Founders Ministry, mm-hmm. they drop a trailer. Yeah. And within 10 minutes of them dropping that trailer this past week, 
or a week and a half ago now, um, uh, Al Mohler makes a statement. Aiken makes a statement. People start pulling out of the trailer. Yeah, out uh, of the film. Out of the film yeah. and so forth. Uh, Rachel and Matt. So Rachel goes on June 10th. Matt goes on, I think, June 12th. I June think 11th. It was, June, was it June 11th? And, and there are discrepancies, serious discrepancies in their sides of the story. So either Rachel's lying or misrepresenting facts or Matt Chandler's lying or mis- misrepresenting the facts. That's, that's a big deal. And, and we're talking about something that's significant in the church. And not one SBC leader said a thing about these discrepancies. Well, and, the, and the center of the initial blowback that was, was that there was a, a 1.1.5 second yeah. clip of a, a blurred it, Rachel Denhollander. Rachel Denhollander yeah. yeah. with Owen Strand's. Saying, uh, saying principalities and powers, powers yeah, exerting t- pressure yeah. on us from the outside. And, and the only thing I can think of is. Case and point. Duh. Owen, yeah. case and point. This yeah. is you nailed it. And Okay. And maybe we should have, you know, recognized that people were going to take this and twist this and distract us from the point. I'll eat that. But the point is absolutely true. Yep. Now, just so you, you know, Rachel Denhollander um, is, a, is a Christian, um, uh, a lawyer. Yep. Um, she's a former gymnast. Yep. And she was the first woman to publicly accuse Larry uh, Nasser or yep. Nate, I don't know how you say his name, the, the, the former Michigan State University USA gymnast yep. doctor right. of sexual assault. And he was later convicted yeah. of a number, a number of, of counts, a number of yeah. counts. And um, I remember the very first time I ever heard about Rachel was seeing clips of her victim testimony. statement, yep. testament, oh. testimony, which was glorious. Amen. Really good. So, Amen. so, so let I want to frame this because we're we're going to criticize Rachel. Mrs. Denhollander yep. here, uh-huh. Rachel. But I want to frame it by saying I seriously appreciate the, how clear she was about the gospel in those, it was beautiful. those statements. Yeah. It was beautiful and glorious. And and um, she has become, because of that and because of her, her, um, her role as a lawyer, yep. um, she is um, uh, has been given influence and authority. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's a voice that people listen to. Yeah. Okay, and that's why this matters. It yeah. does. And, and the issue I think with this whole clip with with Chandler and and Den Hollander is the question of by what standard, which is yep. actually interestingly Funny, enough kind of yeah. the title of the documentary Imagine that Founders that. is going to be putting out. Um, and the question is, which standard are we talking about? Yeah. Which yeah. standard? And I would say the same thing about what's the guy's name, Mike Hall, yep. uh, or Matt Hall, Matt Hall, Matt Hall. Yep. Um, I think I called him Mike earlier. Yeah. Um, Matt, Matt. Hall, I mean the the provost. Um, is the racist problem. What's the standard? Yes. Yeah. What's the standard? <laughs> and and you and the thing is, is that what we found in the aftermath, in the fire, whatever of af- following the trailer that right. the founders dropped, was that basically the standard was my hurt feelings. Yep. Uh, I the tone police came out in full yep. force. Uh-huh. I don't like the tone of this. Right. Yep. Right. It, it's it sounds confrontational. It sounds um, hard hitting, yep. and it's very hurtful. Yeah, like a trailer should be. It, and, Not hurtful, but, but, but punchy, punchy, punchy hard. But this yeah, is yeah. the thing. But this is the thing. Hurting's like hurting is not a biblical standard. I, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> you hurt or, my feelings. It, it, like, <laughs> like God actually says in Hebrews twelve that His discipline hurts. Yep. It's not pleasant for the present, right. but afterwards it produces the fruit of godliness and Amen. peace and so yeah. forth. Yep. And parents, if you don't hurt your children, spanking <laughs> yeah. them when you discipline them, them yep. and it needs to be done with. You know justice, yep. and it needs to be done within reason and, and constraint, equi- and so on. Yep. But Proverbs says, 
that if you spare the rod, you hate your son. That's right. And if you cause him pain, you hurt him with the rod, he will not die. He will live and he will learn wisdom. Yeah. So the question, you know, and there's things like self-defense and just war where the goal is to hurt people. That's right. the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the sword of the spirit for? Yeah. To cut you. It's to <laughs> cut people and it's yeah. supposed to hurt. Right. And so hurtful is not a biblical standard. That's right. This is an absolutely pagan standard. It's yeah. a humanistic standard. That's it's right. saying that my feelings are sacred. Your feelings are not sacred. That's really good, Toby. Your yeah. feelings are not uh-huh. sacred. Uh-huh. God's sacred and God's word is sacred. His justice is sacred. And that's what we're supposed to protect and care about. Recently, what makes it so amazing to me is that the very purpose of the doc, which is to point people to the fact that there are things happening that seem like because of our guilt, because of the things that we see that we should actually be concerned. There are real racial issues. Right. Sexual abuse is a real right. thing. Yep. You know right. what I mean? Yep. Like women preaching, oh my goodness, you want to take my wife from the home? Right. I, I mean, there, all those, there's a real issues and things that we need to be talking about and what's really under all this stuff. Right. And then that's getting ignored right. completely. And, the, and, and so the doc is just, and so anyway, what happened, what just came out recently was that, was it, uh, Matt Chandler's church is under now getting got filed a million dollar lawsuit right. against them right. over this whole thing, and the person was Boz Chavijan. Boz Chavijan. Boz Chavijan. Ambulance and, chaser Boz. And, oh man, which and, I believe they have some sort of. I don't know. What so he's he he runs Grace Ministries, which is a ministry that helps churches deal with sexual investigations and, and, and assaults. And so Matt Chandler must have picked somebody else. Matt Chandler picked Ministry Safe. Yep. Which is another com- competing organization. It's also run by uh, Christian lawyers, reformed Christian lawyers. Yep. Love and Norris are the names of the uh, the, the but, attorneys that, yep. that advise pastors and churches on how to handle these abuse kind and, of situations. And who Village Church has worked with all through this whole yep. process. Right. So, so here's the deal. Whatever whatever it was that, that the founders the movie trailer did as far as showing a short clip for a period of time that points to a bigger thing. It, everybody took the blurry things and thought they saw them clearly, and they did. Oh, and every, so everybody took the clearly, clear things, and they saw them blurry. Right. Oh, and and then, then comes Absolutely. out this right here with Bosch Division suing now on behalf of the victim. Right. I don't know who that is because they won't state it, which is another issue. But whoever that is, suing now Matt Chandler's yep. church, where is the outcry about Christians suing Christians? I, I, bet, it's, it's every, I, I bet it's on Al Mohler's Twitter feed right now. Let's go find it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, First very, Corinthians six says, "Do not take a brother to court is, is before pagan judges." Is it, did, he, did he tweet about it yet? Aren't no, you supposed no, he to didn't. be the ones who judge angels, and you can't figure this out? That, that's right. I uh, mean, where is the outcry? Where is where's the New York Bo- Ma- article talking about Boz and Matt Chandler? Boz what? Church suing Matt Boz suing Matt Chandler. Well, yeah. well that, I, I don't see it anywhere, guys. It's not in this. You can't find maybe, the tweet. Maybe we just maybe because we haven't talked about it yet and put it out there. Oh, so he'll, he'll get it after this. It'll come up after this. Right, the yeah. whole SBC will go back and say, "Oh my goodness." Founders was right. Okay. I'm being a little bit playful, but I want to be serious here because I really have deep, deep respect for Al Mohler. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Mohler has done amazing work. One of my favorite books is Leadership uh, to Le- uh, C- Conviction to Lead. It's a great <laughs> Conviction to Lead. <laughs> it's their favorite it's, book. It's but, one of my favorite books but, by Al, but he's not doing but, it. But he's here, not convicted to lead yeah, here. Here's the thing. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said. It's okay. There's a, a, a blurry thing here. What does this mean? Okay, maybe there's a legitimate question there. What could this possibly mean? Yeah. But what does it mean when a Christian brother is suing a, a Christian church, church yep. um, over this thing? What, what does yep. that mean? Mm-hmm. It means he's disobeying the clear word of God. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and here's the irony. Here's the irony. The, the whole principalities and powers thing. In the same passage, Paul says, don't you know we will judge angels? Yep. Don't you know that we will judge 
principalities and powers. Right. Ephesians 2 says we've been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Uh-huh. And where is that? Well, in Ephesians 1, it says that he's been enthroned above every principality and power, uh-huh. right? Which means that in Christ, we have been given authority and a voice uh-huh. and power. There's a sense in which we are all now principalities and powers. Yeah. In Christ, we are to use that authority for good. Yeah. We are to yeah. use that authority and that power for good. Al Mohler, you have authority. You have power. Right. Uh, you've been granted this by God. And here's a moment where um, this blurry, unclear thing is being blown out of proportion. Yep. Way but, out of proportion. But, and it's, in, fact, in fact, every day that goes by, it's actually becoming more and more clear that every single thing in the trailer was true. Everything. I know. I know. There was. There was. It's. No, right. There's nothing blurry about it. But there's. An, there's a. There are incentives for this to be unclear. Yep. And for the whole thing. And, and the connection here, folks, just so you know, is that Rachel Den Hollander, in recent years, has aligned herself with Boz Tavidian. Right. Uh, I don't think. I don't believe it's an official re- relationship. Right. Hmm. But she has uh, cheered him on um, when Boz has done his uh, uh, Sovereign Grace Ministries Inquisition thing. Did she yeah. come out publicly against she, his lawsuit against she, Chandler's church? And, and as far as I know, she's not come out okay. in, in opposition to this at all right. um, and has been has been friendly there. Right. I, I think it would be wonderful if she distanced herself think, yeah, from Grace absolutely. Ministries and uh, um, and Boz Division. It would be very reassuring because right now when you hear her talking, what's the standard? Yeah. By what standard has has Chandler not done what he's supposed to do, what the church is supposed to do? It, there's no standard. Yeah. It's not the Bible. It's not Old Testament. It's not it's not God's word. It's whatever is you know, whatever protocols, whatever we humanistic, psychological, yeah. Yeah. you know, what is the victim's right. care? You who, need to have a victim oriented church who, and not who, a who gets to decide what that is. Yeah. Since we're not making any friends on this show, I'm just going to say something real quick. OK, here it comes, guys. I was at SBC. Got your 20, popcorn. Yeah, get, Interns. You might, might want to get some popcorn. <laughs> OK, I was at SBC 2019 Uh-oh. and I was there watching when Resolution 9 went down. The critical race theory critical resolution. Race theory yeah. Resolution 9 yeah. went down. We talked about that and, on the show. Yeah. And so, by the way, the, I believe uh, Curtis Jackson, Curtis, I remember his name, but um, the, anyway, chair. The, the chair of the committee yep. um, somehow c- is connected to Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. I think he's a professor a, there or something yeah. like that, okay. which is Al Mohler Seminary. Um, Al Mohler. Southern Curtis, Seminary. Southern yeah. Sem- chair. Chair. Yeah. Um, Al Mohler. I'm watching this whole, go- whole thing go down. Okay. Al Mohler's in the wing. Tom Askell's on the floor. Okay. <laughs> communication to Tom Askell asking, helping, supporting. I was, Tom talks about the fact, hey, he got a call from Al Mohler saying, hey, are you going to um, say something on Resolution 9? When he came on the show, he talked about this, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. And so Al Mohler was concerned about Resolution 9 too yeah. and was asking Tom if he was going to be a part of yeah. saying something. Tom Askell jumped up, said yes, got his people glad, together. Glad to. Glad to. Al Mohler's helping them craft the resolution response, response. Addem- addendum, yeah. the whole thing. And, I'm watching Tom back and forth in the before resolution line. He's talking to Moeller going back out to the floor and, and even Moeller instructing and helping kind of how to craft this. And, and then I'm watching articles come out and watching Moeller tweet like he's not been in some way concerned about the things that are happening to the SBC. Right. Right. And, and I'm just looking at this and I'm watching Tom Askell go. Tom Askell has been a G in all of this. Right. He's been, he's been awesome. He's been a he's been G awesome. in yep. all of this. And mm-hmm. I'm watching in the background, guys dissing themselves fall apart because all of a sudden the pressure gets on. Yeah. And even principalities and, and say, powers. It, it's yep. Exactly. Principalities and, and, and powers. And it's sad to say this, but all Al Mohler had to do 
was walk on the floor himself yep. and look Curtis in the eye and say, Curtis, you're chair of the board and you're a friend of mine and you, you teach the And pro- you're fired. You're prof- no. <laughs> no, no, no. You're a professor at the seminary. I yeah. can't believe that somebody who's representing our seminary up there would allow something like Resolution 9 to yep. make it this far in the committee. Yep. 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 I am right. very disappointed. Yep. And walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Walk away. Well, hey, and, hey and, remember, and, you remember and, the guy who wait, nine would have never had a hope. But you remember the guy who wrote it actually wrote it uh, and, and it got oh, totally it got completely re- twisted. Completely yeah, twisted what it, became, he, you know? it didn't even have to be Tom Askell. Right. He could have ended it right then and there. But you know when he decided to talk about it? You know when he decided to say something his about podcast. it? His podcast. Was on his podcast when, when there was nobody to confront. Yeah. Let me tell you, this problem with the SBC is not Mrs. Den Hollander. It's not. Beth Moore. Um, Beth Moore. I'm going to tell you, the problem is men right, yep. who are willing Amen. to stand up and just say That's it right. and take the hits. And if you want to see what a man's looking like right That's now, right. you can look at Tom Maskell. And let me tell you something. Yeah. The Amen. brother ain't done. Yeah. yeah. Amen. He know where the dead bodies are. Yeah. But well, what's happening is everyone's playing politics. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Al Mode's playing politics. Everyone's trying to play this game. That's not the God's way of doing it. it in in uh, the founder's statement that they released after the fact, it was striking to me that this, and I think it was, I, I love Tom for mentioning it, which is that. They actually ran the trailer by Al Mohler yes. like a week before it was released. And, and, Aiken, and Aiken, right? Yeah. And and he said, looking forward to seeing the whole show. Yeah. Here's something that I want to say that, that Christians, one of the things that we need to make sure we do, especially with our art, when people aren't mad when you talk generally. When you make general conversations about general folks out yep. there, about general topics. Social justice. It, it but when you right. apply somebody, when you apply somebody's work and application uh, to that conversation, right. all of a sudden people get upset. It's like, guys, yep. this isn't the biblical standard. How dare you say that? Right. But it's not. Mm-hmm. You don't sue a Christian brother. Oh. Yep. That's right. And here's, I hope Matt Chandler, I hope Matt Chandler does not bend. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I hope Matt Chandler does not bend on this. Right. I, where, you know, he's tried to own it. He's tried to own everything. And I think that was, in, in one sense or another, Matt Chandler came out doing his very best to be as honest as possible. Right. And, and guys, the way the justice system works now, it's not a biblical standard. Everything he said basically indicted him. Can, can and will be held against it, him. <laughs> it, everything that he said is going to be used to get that million dollars out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and, and him trying to be honest and tell the truth can be painted in a way that it wasn't intended to be. Right. And in court, that's all that matters. Yep, right. And if these guys are as good as they think they are, yep. then he's in trouble. But this is why we, again, back to, we need a biblical standards. That's right. We need to get back to the gospel. We need to be, get back to the, the good news yeah. that begins with the bad news. That's right. Yeah. Right? But this bad news is meant to drive us to the cross right. and set us free. It doesn't drive us into the arms of these, um, uh, these, uh, these hustlers of, you know, scandal and right. um, you're a racist and you're a misogynist and you're a homophobe and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can never be free of this. No, in Christ, your sin is crucified. You're made a new creation and you're set free. Yeah, yeah. You're set free to walk with Christ, obey his word, do what he says. And and that's that's the good news. Yeah. And the men in the SBC need to grow up here. <laughs> Look, um, try everything by scripture. That's all we're saying. By yeah. what standard? That's yeah. the only thing that founders ask him. What's the standard? And then let's yeah. apply that. Right. And so I, I think if Tom- anybody's appealing to tone, feelings, hurting, all yeah. this kind of stuff, you look at that and you say, no, show me the verse. If you don't bring your Bible, don't come to me. Yeah. That's the bottom line. I think Tom's saying that in the trailer, too. He's like, listen, guys, we understand the obligation. The obligation is real, but how we handle it is the is also very important as well, because that's how we honor God and how Just keep we decide playing that. See, you guys didn't hear this. This is, this is how you know the social justice 
problems are deep in our churches. The trailer hit it dead on. If somebody says that's hurtful and that gets any traction, you know it. They got you. They got you. The hooks are in. And this is why. I'm just going to. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, keep <laughs> Just going. for a second. <laughs> the key to all of this, and there really is great freedom of the, in this, is when you lose yourself in Christ, you say like Paul, I, 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 I consider it all loss. What could be considered gain to me, yeah. I yeah. consider it all loss for the sake of Christ. When you lose everything for Christ, reputation, yeah. job, friends, family, house, when you, when you really do reckon it all dead in him, yep. there is so much Freedom. freedom. Amen. And there's so much freedom Amen. because when they come at you, you say, that hurt my feelings. And you say, you know what? I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, like, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. If no. I have to go through I, your feelings to get to I, your soul. No. No. I, I, I love Christ and I love you more than letting your feelings get in the way of the truth. Amen. That's right. And until we have men who will stand like that and care like that and love like that, we're going to be a, a nation of slaves. And, and Paul says we're supposed to judge the world, and it's to our shame that we don't. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. You got any music for all right, all right. Can I that? <laughs> but I want to say, okay, I'm going to shut up now because I keep talking. Um, pray for Tom Maskell. He lost his sister recently. Um, yeah. uh, he's, he's in a fight right now, so he can use all those prayers. Yeah. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight. Laugh and feast. This is Cross Politics.